Hello, I'm Mike Patra, and I'm the host of the Hoopball DFS Today podcast. Come join us as we go game by game, breaking down our top plays, fades, values, pivots, and talk overall strategy for both tournaments and cash games. And the best part, we're doing this seven days a week. So come check us out. That's Hoopball DFS Today. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Mike Patria for any updates, listener contests, and DFS information. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Morning, friends and confidants. It's Fantasy NBA today. It is Wednesday. I had to stop myself. Every day, you guys probably have noticed this by now. I do these shows and then I try to remember what day of the week it is. And honestly, at this point, it's just sunlight. <laughs> oh boy. It's Wednesday. It's August 12th. There are three days left in the resumption season. Today, tomorrow, and Friday for those keeping tabs. And honestly, that's another thing where it's pretty easy to forget exactly uh, how long it was all set to go. The Eastern Conference is all but set. The There are some possibilities in the middle. The Sixers and the Pacers and the Heat, there's a one-game separation between each of those two teams. Heat are the four seed right now. Pacers the five. Sixers the six. Um, it doesn't feel like the Heat are going up. And by doesn't feel like it, that is actually now impossible for them to go up and has been for a game or two. But the four, five, six, there's a possibility there could be a little bit of rotation in there. And so what you look at is how could the Sixers, the Sixers actually still have two games left. They play today and they play on Friday. So they could potentially get to 44 and 29. The Pacers. Uh, they actually still have two games as well today and Friday, so they could very easily switch spots. And the Heat, I think they have two games also. Yeah, today and Friday, they play the Thunder and the Pacers, so they go head-to-head with one another. So those teams could all shuffle. In all likelihood, if the Heat win any of their remaining games, then they'll be in one of those two midpoint brackets. And then you'll at that point, you'll just be looking to find out, do the Pacers play the Heat? Or the Celtics, and uh, same story for the 76ers. So the Eastern Conference is almost set. Magic are playing the Bucks. Nets are playing the Raptors. The middle chunk is uh, still up for some small measure of rotation, but not a whole lot. Yesterday's results flip-flopped the bottom of the Western Conference playoffs. The Blazers are now the eight seed after one of the most incredible basketball games that I have ever seen most of. Damian Lillard had 61. I mean, that one... Look, him being at the top of our fantasy draft board for the resumption was one of the easiest calls ever. 61 points, 8 assists, 5 boards, 9 three-pointers, a perfect 18 out of 18 at the free throw line. How's that for in your eye? Dame is the number three player by uh, averages during the resumption, and he's number one by totals because he hasn't skipped any games. He's played all seven. TJ Warren has missed one. James Harden has missed one. And that may end up putting Dame at the top of the the heap. I actually got told I had him too high, and I think we had him at three or four, right? Uh, Harden, 
Jokic was up pretty high for us. That one hasn't panned out. And that one we should have moved down because of his, because of the stinking COVID. Should have known better. He hasn't quite been the same guy. Uh, AD at 11 was a bit of a surprise. He just hasn't really been himself during this resumption campaign. So Dame, Harden, those look like the ones at the top that made a lot of sense. Porzingis is another one of those big wins at the top. And then, look, the other wins, not for me, but for anybody that took a chance on Phoenix. So those guys are going to end up playing all eight games. Never in my wildest dreams. Devin Booker, he's a top 10 guy during the resumption. Uh, Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges is number 31. Actually, ahead of DeAndre Ayton, if you can believe that. Ahead of DeAndre Ayton, who's at 32. Freaking Dario Saric is 38, mostly because he just played in all seven games. You do still have to look at per-game stuff. Anyway, this is Fantasy NBA Today. I don't think I've even said that yet. Welcome to the show. I'm Dan Bespris, at Dan Bespris on Twitter. Uh, I'd like to say we had a big one for you today, but it's a normal one. We got a normal show for you guys today. We're going to go over tonight's basketball games, what's on tap for this uh, Wednesday four-game slate, just four games. We'll break those down from a fantasy and betting standpoint, see if we can find some injury replacements to drop into your resumption leagues. We will look at what happened last night, including a nice long profile of that Dame situation. And then I also, before we really want to dive in, uh, wanted to take a second to look at the Western Conference playoffs because we just talked about the Blazers and the Grizzlies flip-flopping, but the Grizzlies are actually tied three ways with the Suns and the Spurs. The Grizzlies and the Suns have the exact same record overall right now, 33-39. and 39. The Spurs, who have the same uh, number of games under 500 at six, have actually played two fewer games. So San Antonio has uh, a little bit of a disadvantage here. They're going to have to beat the Jazz when they play tomorrow, but the Spurs can actually be eliminated by either of those other two teams winning their last game, which kind of sucks for San Antonio, but that's the way it was. They didn't play as many games before the break, so they had a slight win percentage dip. Um... The Suns play the Mavs tomorrow in a game that really doesn't mean anything for Dallas. So that should be a winnable one for Phoenix. And the Grizzlies play the Bucks against... And who knows who's actually going to be in that game. I'd like to say that in the spirit of competition, you'll see Milwaukee play their starters for half the ball game. If Milwaukee plays their starters half the game, that might be actually be enough to beat the Grizzlies, who now are fighting for their playoff lives when they had a three-and-a-half game lead over everybody else going into the resumption. So this is an epic meltdown, but Memphis can still save their butts with a win in their last game of this resumption season. So things are getting a little bit crazy. The only way it would have been crazier is if the Mavericks had beaten the Blazers yesterday, then the Grizzlies would have still been at 33-39, and 39, but the Blazers would have been a half game back. The Grizzlies would have been tied with the Suns and the Spurs in that instance, and then things really get weird. I guess they're pretty weird anyway. Tonight, games on the docket. Nothing early today, which is probably good because I've been placing way more in-game wagers than any man should who intends to keep his health. These bets, of course, are brought to you by our buddies at mybookie.ag. I've been having a wingding with my in-game wagering over at mybookie. They have great live odds. If you're watching a game, you can watch the live odds bounce around on a shot-by-shot basis. They must have metrics that are just tracking these things, because if there's a person doing it, that's insanity. But 
you can really get in on some pretty interesting stuff. You know, if you see a game changing the way it's being played, if you see a pace changing, you get down on that. That's what I was doing yesterday, and it worked most of the time. I lost one of them, but I think I won two or three, was looking for games that were showing signs of slowing down, meaning, you know, if a game has like a 15-ish point spread and uh, the starters have sort of made their last hurrah, and then you're going to start to see the team that's winning begin to, to bounce the ball, to, to just dribble it and run 15, 20 seconds off the clock on every possession. When that happens and you've got a pace in the game, I think actually a good example of this was the, uh, the San Antonio and Houston game yesterday, which was actually on pace to get right around the actual number. But here's the thing, you know, I didn't bet that game at the opening line because when it's opening, you don't know how competitive it's going to be. If that game was competitive, that would have meant that Houston was probably going to put up 120 points. San Antonio 124, something in that neighborhood, and that would have gone over. Once it got to the fourth quarter and you saw that San Antonio was not going to blow their 20-point lead in this game, and they started to slow it down, and Houston went to guys that couldn't really make shots, guys that just weren't as good from downtown, I got in on the under with like seven minutes to go in that ball game, right when the pace was changing, when San Antonio started deflating the basketball by running 15 seconds per possession instead of 11 or 12. That stuff adds up. Just fewer shots over the last seven minutes than the pace would have been if you extrapolated the previous three and a half quarters, and it cashed. The only one where it didn't work was uh, Portland-Dallas, because the pace slowed down, but the shot-making did not. Everybody made everything in the fourth quarter, and there were 62 free throws in that game. You have to be aware of uh, whether or not teams are in the bonus when you get in on this live in-game wagering, especially if you're going to do it late in the fourth quarter. They usually pull those lines off the table with about five minutes to go. Anyway, it's really cool. They have prop bets you can get down on as well. If you're a big DFS guy, that's a cool way to use that knowledge in a traditional gambling setting. This is all available at mybookie.ag. If you sign up, deposit $45, that's the minimum number, use promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, and you can get a deposit match, 100%. And a baseball futures ticket to use on whatever the hell you like on the baseball front. Uh, Do check that out. Again, the promo code is HoopBall. The website is mybookie.ag. Big time partner for us here at HoopBall. I'm having a wingding over there. I swear, I'm having a blast, especially with these day games. So I just got bets going all day, and it's probably not healthy. But who the hell cares? I'm enjoying myself, and that is what's important. Here's what's coming up on tonight's card. Just a four-game situation, and the first game actually doesn't start until after lunchtime over here on the Pacific Coast. Houston, a seven-point home, eh, you know, neutral home. They are the home team, but it doesn't matter. Seven-point neutral home favorite to the Indiana Pacers. Uh, I believe that Houston has their, their usual cavalry back for this game, probably with the exception of Russell Westbrook, who played in the front end of the back-to-back yesterday. But they're obviously much better with James Harden, Daniel House, and Eric Gordon in those guys. The trading those three guys for Russell Westbrook, you you get a better team. Uh, I haven't seen reports on who is in and who is out on the Indiana side yet this morning. And so maybe that stuff comes out over the next two to three hours. But it also, again, makes this incredibly difficult to wager before the basketball game starts. The beauty of this game, which starts at, I believe, 2, 
1 o'clock? Is it 1 o'clock Pacific time for this one? Yes, 1 o'clock Pacific time on that first game. The beauty of that is the next game doesn't start until 3.30 here, Pacific time. So you can watch the whole game, and then you can watch the next whole game, uh, and then the games get a little bit tighter once you get later into the evening. But watch the game. See how it's going. If Houston opens up a massive lead, you might just see these two teams say, eh, whatever, because as we talked about already, I don't think the Pacers really care that much what happens the rest of the way beyond getting their health right. Yeah, they could lose and fall into the sixth hole and have to deal with the Celtics instead of the Heat, and that's probably a harder matchup for Indiana. But I don't think they're going to sell themselves out here to try to stay in that five slot. Same deal with the Rockets. Right now, they've got the Thunder in the first round. I think the Rockets would be perfectly happy to fall two slots back and get the Nuggets. I don't Really, I don't think they care who they get at all as long as it's not the Clippers or the Lakers. I don't think the Rockets would want the Mavericks either. That would be a, a weird matchup for, for Houston. So Houston doesn't really care. I don't think Indiana really cares all that much. So why bet this game before you see what's actually happening on the court? Watch what's happening. If things are just getting out, getting silly, you can take an in-game over. If things are sort of chunking along, you could take an in-game under. Let's say Indiana opens up a big early lead. This, this line, by the way, is Houston by 7 again. So Indiana opens up a 10-point you know, early lead. You might be able to get in on this game as like a pick em at that point. All reasonable things to consider. Second game on the docket, Toronto at Philadelphia. I believe Toronto has all of their horses back for this game. They're 6.5-point favorites over Philly. Uh, you know, again, I, it's just not clear that anybody really cares what's going to happen in this game. So you could see all the regulars out after halftime. I would not bet this full game. There are very few contests left that matter today, tomorrow, and Friday. Bet these things in-game. When you can see it with your eyes, how the game is going. Who's playing well? Who's playing poorly? Who cares? What's the pace? Look at the number of shots in the first quarter. See what that means to you. By the way, from the fantasy standpoint, it's all about watching to see who's in and who's out. Because I think Philly has the the guys that they had in their last one, probably plus Tobias Harris and Al Horford, who sat out their last ballgame. So those guys should be back in, which means that, you know, the Kylo Quinns and Mike Scotts of the world should go back to being largely fantasy irrelevant. Um, I mean, you might still see Alec Burks do a couple of things. Who knows? I, I, that's, not a, that's not one that I think I'm diving headlong into. Toronto, uh, they got their regulars back for this one. Miami, Oklahoma City. Doesn't really matter. Are the Thunder going to try to tank their way to the Nuggets in the first round? It's a possibility. If you believe that to be true, you probably take Miami. Three-point favorites in this ballgame. Thunder should have uh, Shea back. We don't know the status of Steven Adams or Nerlens Noel. Uh, I think they'll have Danilo Gallinari back as well. I mean, they're going to play, but they might actually be secretly trying to lose this basketball game. But So watch the game. Watch it as it's going. And you can figure that out as well. And then the Clippers and the Nuggets, uh, also a generally meaningless game, probably means more to the uh, Nuggets than the Clippers because Denver, uh, Clippers actually played twice. They go today and they go Friday. Um, Denver is a game and a half back. They have two games left as well. So they could actually pass the Clippers, but it seems 
Somewhat unlikely. All this hard work that these teams are doing to try to jockey for position, and then all of a sudden the Mavericks in the seven seed might end up getting the Nuggets. It's a very weird phenomenon. I don't know if either of these two teams cares. Like, would the Nuggets rather have the Mavs than the Jazz right now? Are the Jazz going to try to tank, and then would the Nuggets counter-tank? Or would the Nuggets try to win and try to then get the Jazz instead of the Mavericks? The Clippers, I can tell you definitively, don't give a flying crap who they get in the first or second or third round. They're they're the finals. To me, they're the the, the favorites right now. They should, you know, I, I I have to admit I didn't look at the uh the win the finals odds at this exact moment. But if let's see, do we have a, do we have NBA futures here hanging around really close where I can pull them up? Yeah, Clippers at plus three fifteen. They're actually probably a decent deal right now. Uh, how much would you put on them to win the championship? I, uh, I don't know how the Lakers get past them with the way they're playing right now. And then the Bucks, Clippers are, to me, the Clippers are a, a great matchup. They've, they've got the upper hand in that one. They have two guys they can put on Giannis that can make life difficult for him, and the other one just goes to Chris Middleton. Three, Clippers at plus 315. It's not like it's a juicy underdog line, but I'll tell you what, right now... That's a far better wager than Lakers or Bucks. Those two teams have looked a little bit human. And then my Sixers long shot, obviously that's exploded with Ben Simmons out, so the hell with that one. Uh, this line, by the way, Clippers by 4.5, total of 229. Again, just watch the game, see what's happening. If Denver's playing no defense again, you can take an over in-game, just let it get out and get silly. Keep an eye on it. That's how you're going to bet this stuff. Over at mybookie.ag. That's where I just pulled up those championship odds, by the way. I'm thinking I might get down on the Clippers right now. Pause the podcast and go do it. Pause the podcast, get down on the Clippers, and do some grooming with our buddies over at manscaped.com. Coupon code there, of course, is hoopball20. Not to be confused with our mybookie coupon code. Remember, at mybookie. It's just hoopball. At Manscaped, it's hoopball20 because you get 20% off and free shipping on your order, whatever it may be. The Lawnmower 3.0, which is an awesome tool, waterproof, pinch free, built in LED light technology, or maybe you get some of their powders. It's warm out these days, it's summertime. Get some powder, get some lotions, get some scents. Not, uh, not like money, like, like smells. Get some, get some lotions, whatever you might like. They've got, they got swag. If you want some Manscaped boxers going on, they got that for you. Check them out, manscaped.com. Go get something and use the coupon code HOOPBALL20 so they'll know who sent you. That's been a really nice partnership so far, so let's keep that bad boy going. Thank you to all of you guys that have been doing such a wonderful job of getting things from our partners, of signing up with our partners, and we'll just try getting you winners here. Follow my Twitter feed, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. I tweeted out that I was getting in on Suns minus four and a half live in-game yesterday when they went down to Philly. That was one of the easiest bets you could ever make. That was like the, the most obvious thing on earth. Philly went up by eight early. Suns on a back-to-back in a game they had to win. You knew they were coming back to that thing. And if you didn't believe they were going to clear the four and a half, once they got back to basically a tie ball game, you could have gotten down on the underdog. And middled it. You could have gone plus eight and a half, I think, on Philadelphia once that game got tight and had a four-point middle. So watch my Twitter feed. I'll be tweeting out this stuff. Uh, certainly if I'm if I'm watching the game. If I'm not, I'm not going to get down on it. But 
Uh, let's have some fun together over at mybookie.ag. You can throw five bucks on each of these bets. I can almost guarantee we're not going to lose nine in a row, so it'll last us a little bit. What happened yesterday? That's the only the thing we need to talk about, right? What happened yesterday? Oh, by the way, thank you again to those of you that are rating and reviewing the podcast. Much appreciated. Drop those five-star reviews on it. Uh, oh, I have a new podcast to tell you guys about. I'll do that. Um, we'll do that after we go over yesterday's results because there were a few. Yesterday was a seven-gamer. That was a big one. Brooklyn, they sat everybody, and they won anyway because Orlando is terrible right now. Timothy Luau Cabro had 24 and 7. Jeremiah Martin had 24 and 6. Fill in work. Dante Hall had 10 and 9 with a couple of blocks. Go figure. Anyway, they've got their regulars back for the next one, so you kind of had your opportunity there. Uh, Orlando, we heard Aaron Gordon is expecting to play in the playoffs. I don't know what Evan Fournier's deal is. Terrence Ross, we'll wait and find out on him. Markel Fultz hurt his hip in this ballgame yesterday. They're a mess right now. And they're playing ugly, so I don't think that's a team where you really want to look at the fill-in options because they're not good. San Antonio blew out Houston without Harden, House, and Gordon because they defended Russell Westbrook fine or well enough, and nobody else did anything. Rob Covington had six more defensive stats as he makes his case for uh, one of the players of the resumption. He's number 14 by uh, totals right now, and I believe he's right around that same mark by averages. Yeah? Where the hell is he on averages? Oops, looking at full season. Silly Dan, I don't want the full season. By averages, he's number 15. So that one, uh, we had him at 18. And I think a lot of people were like, damn, Dan, Covington at 18? And he's beating that now by a, a quarter of a round. I can dig it. Can you dig it? Jeff Green played well with everybody else out. Ben McLemore had four three-pointers with everybody else out. And who cares? Because they're all coming back. On the Spurs side, that's another one where if you rolled the dice on Spurs... You're getting way more games out of these dudes than you expected. DeJounte Murray uh, figured he was going to be good. Derek White playing hurt wasn't quite the same in this ballgame, but he's had a really nice resumption campaign as well. Even with this slow game, Derek White is number 37 in the resumption. Uh, DeJounte Murray somehow hanging out just inside the top 100, mostly because his field goal percent isn't there right now. And that's the weirdness of a short sprint. If his field goal percent is 50 instead of 40, he's probably a top 50 guy. Oh, well. Rudy Gay finally slowed down a little bit in this ballgame because Keldon Johnson woke up with 24 and 11. And if your reaction to that is, who the hell is Keldon Johnson? You're not alone. DeMar DeRozan, good again at power forward. I mean, they're really, they're pulling out all the stops, this team. Lonnie Walker has uh, actually been okay as well during the resumption, but he's not fantasy relevant yet. We talked about that Phoenix-Philly game. Mikael Bridges, 24 points, three threes, two steals, two blocks, eight out of ten shooting, five for five at the free throw line. Oh, boy, is confident Mikael Bridges a really interesting thing. I tweeted that yesterday. He took shots in rhythm. He took shots where it wasn't the primary option, where it was like, oh, Mikael just catch and shoot, stepping into a three ball. Normally, if he plays 33 minutes, he's not taking more than seven or eight shots. He got ten in this ballgame and five free throws. I'm assuming one of those was an and one, so probably two actual trips to the line. So that's like 12 times he was actually the guy to try to finish a play. Mikael Bridges could be, he could be really interesting next year. 
He's number 47 in the resumption right now in about 34 and a half minutes a game. Uh, what else went on in this one? Dario Saric was good because DeAndre Ayton has looked weirdly out of sorts since missing his COVID test on Sunday. I can't fully explain that one, but uh, Dario's turned out to be pretty solid uh, bubble play. And then Devin Booker, he's among the best in the bubble because he's playing every game. I said it on uh, Twitter yesterday. I'll say it here on the podcast. Um, you know, one of the things that we talked about last year, the year before, year before that on Devin Booker was that his field goal percent was going to crush you. And then that he's largely fixed. The other issue with Booker is he gets no defensive stats. He still doesn't, not even in the bubble. 31 points, uh, four and a half rebounds, six assists, 50% shooting from the field, 93 and a half at the free throw line on high volume. Uh, but a combined 0.9 steals and blocks yeah, you can overlook that if he's scoring 31-5-6 and six for an entire season, but I think that's probably not something you expect from him over 82 games. The other thing on Devin Booker is, you know, he's, he's generally going to be a tiny bit overdrafted because he does score like hell. I will say that as a player, just from watching him now, he's turned a certain corner to become one of those elite guys where you just assume everything he throws up is going in. He's a, he's a scary opponent now even if he still doesn't really defend anybody uh, all that. I mean, he's getting better, by the way. I'll give him credit. He's getting better on that end. But it's not translating to fantasy side. And that, of course, is what we're most concerned about. But kudos to Devin Booker. He's really he's made some big strides lately. He used to get overdrafted by a lot more than he's getting overdrafted by now because he's getting picked in the same spot, and he's just getting closer to getting there. And the resumption, he's beating it. Philly was resting everybody. Horford, Harris. I uh, wonder if Embiid will play again before this thing is done. Richardson... You know, that we'll, we'll keep an eye on things for the next ballgame. I guess one thing to know is if they do rest everybody again, then uh, Mike Scott, Alec Burks, Kylo Quinn, those guys stepped into pretty large roles, more so Burks and O'Quinn, but you could see that flip, and you could see someone like Glenn Robinson pick up a few more minutes. Shake Milton might do more in his next start as the guy that should have been more of a primary usage dude, but Aul Neto ended up doing a bunch there. I mean, that you know, this is the magic of the bubble. Boston blew out Memphis. The Grizzlies, man, they're, they have completely let go of the rope. Boston, pretty predictable these days. Weirdly poor game for my guy Daniel Tice. The Time Lord played well. Cantor actually played well also. They, they needed him against Jonas Valanciunas, so uh, just a little bit less from Tice. He's still been fine. He's still a top 70 guy in the resumption, and I'm fine with that. He's played in seven games, so I think by totals he's actually ahead of that mark. Um, yeah, we had him at 56. Uh, where the hell is he by totals right now? I bet he's pretty close to that. Actually, he's 36 by totals because he hasn't missed a game yet. Hmm. Well, if he skips the last one, he'll probably end up in the 50s. We probably got right on the mark. Cool, even after a slow ball game. Otherwise, uh, if you took a chance on Gordon Hayward not having his baby during the the uh, seeding games, congrats, because it looks like he's made it through largely without having to disappear. Kemba Walker showing signs of life in this ballgame, although I would still be really scared of him going forward. And then uh, Jason Tatum looked really good as well. Marcus Smart nearly double-doubled. Everything sort of as it as it should be in Boston. John Moran had a big ball game. He's been better during this resumption than I expected. So kudos to Ja if you got in on him. He's number 60 by totals. Problem, of course, is that he still has issues with his overall fantasy game. He's number 92 by averages, and that's despite averaging 20 and 10. 
because his field goal percent has been terrible. He's not getting any steals or blocks, and he's not hitting many threes. He just has holes in his game right now. I've talked about the fact that I think he's going to be really good next year or the year after that, but it doesn't matter because no one's paying attention to what he's doing. Everyone's drafting him based on where they think he'll end up, and he's not there yet. Otherwise, for Memphis, things are just ugly right now. I mean, I don't, you know, do you, do you pick up Grayson Allen at this point? It's close. Portland beat Dallas, the Damian Lillard, Carmelo Anthony show in this ballgame. Melo at 26-8. and eight. He's actually been, he's been amazing in this resumption. I can't believe it. Carmelo's number 40, playing in seven games right now. I did not see that one coming. I did not see that one coming. Where the hell did we, I mean, we'd have him way down the chart. I didn't, I don't think that I expected him to do almost anything in this resumption period. Uh, we had him at 120. That's a miss. He's way over that. Gary Trent Jr. is seeing a ton of minutes right now. He's obviously a start guy, even if this game wasn't his best. And then Hassan Whiteside did something, but man, I'm glad we pushed him way down the board. Meanwhile, on the Dallas side, Luka had 25, 8, and 10, but it really wasn't a great performance for him. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Kristaps Porzingis both played really well for Dallas in this contest. And uh, KP... Uh, we had him really early, and he's actually beating that mark. And then finally, Milwaukee and Washington, uh, Giannis got ejected, and so they went full bench and still won by 13. Brooke, Lo- uh, sorry, Brooke Lopez had 24 points in 23 minutes. Uh, Sterling Brown led the team with 29 minutes in this game. What a mess. Don't play these guys. And then with Washington, Thomas Bryant continues to just sort of quietly chug along here with a really good resumption period. He's been a first-rounder the hell I don't know how many people have noticed it which is kind of helpful Rui Hachimura had 20 uh on 18 shots he finally got some usage in this game he didn't make many of his shots but it's good to see him actually just take control and go do stuff and uh darling Shabazz Napier just isn't even playing anymore he's out with a ankle situation and they're still not really picking a point guard Jerome Robinson at 15 and 7 and I guess that's the guy if you're gonna roll a Washington point guard in their last resumption and finally, Sacramento won a meaningless game over the hapless Pelicans, who were without Drew Holiday, Derek Favors, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and J.J. Redick. Jaleel Okafor decided it was his time to go do stuff. He took 11 shots and had 21 points. Lonzo had 16 with two blocks. Jackson Hayes got the start at center, but got outplayed by Okafor. Etwan Moore and Frank Jackson got into the mix. Josh Hart had 10 rebounds, but couldn't make any shots. Woof. Keep an eye on who's playing in the next one for that team also. And now the Kings are in shutdown mode. Harrison Barnes, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Nemanja Bjelica were the guys to rack up big minutes and usage, or enough. Harry Giles had 12-11 and 11 with a couple of blocks. He's an interesting plug-and-play if everybody's resting again in the next one. Um, I still don't like Harrison Barnes, even with everybody out, but he did get two blocks and three threes, and so that elevated him. Bogdan is your guy here when everybody's resting, but Bjelica, if he's playing... Good. Uh, Giles. Corey Joseph is a hard guy to trust. And we'll just have to watch to see who actually plays for the Kings in their next ball game. And that's your What Happened Yesterday. As promised, new podcast available. It's the Hoop Ball Mavs podcast. Available on Twitter at Hoop Ball Mavs. You can follow them there. The show is called the Hoop Ball Dallas Mavericks podcast, hosted by our very own Lawrence Brooks. He was doing work on our fantasy live team. He's now the host of the Hoopball Mavericks podcast, so please go check that out. Follow them on Twitter, at Hoopball Mavs. He had a uh, 
He had a, a recap on yesterday's Crazy Mavs Blazers game. That show is already up. Go check that out. Again, the best way to find that is just to go to at HoopBallMavs and uh, follow that Twitter feed. That's where you'll get any, everything from Lawrence and our Mavericks coverage. Have a wonderful Wednesday, everybody. Back at you tomorrow. I uh, I promised we would start to talk about playoff leagues a little bit, but I'm going to wait just a tiny bit longer. We have a, a couple more days here. Tomorrow we'll be talking to Adam King on the podcast about some of the most interesting players he and I have been watching during the bubble campaign. That should be a lot of fun. Adam, of course, is uh, with us here at HoopBall now, and we are far better for it. He's our assistant managing editor on the fantasy side. I'm Dan Vespers at Dan Vespers on Twitter. This was Fantasy NBA Today. By the way, you can follow HoopBall on Twitter at HoopBallFantasy or just go to hoop-ball.com. Have a great night, everybody. Make some bets at my bookie. We'll win together. I'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody. So long. This has been a hoop ball presentation.